I'm here on the uh, bike trail. You probably recognize this is right off of the Creek Turnpike. And it's here that uh, what I've heard is uh, people, bikers, in fact, you'll probably see some come by here as we're, as we're doing this and runners come through here. As you can see, I'm, I'm totally prepared for, for that. I, I've actually literally never been on this this bike trail. And, but what I know and you know is people come on here to get in shape, to exercise, but a lot of them come on, come on here to train for races. Like uh, runners come on here to train for marathons. And I, I was reading this week, I know nothing about marathons, never uh, run a marathon, never trained for one. But what I heard about marathons is that there are a lot of people who cheat. I didn't know there were people who cheat. They take shortcuts so they can get a better time or win. Like two, over 250 runners took a shortcut through the woods in a marathon in China. 250. There was a marathon where a husband and wife teamed up. They, the wife was running in the marathon. She needed a better time, so the husband ran the marathon partway for her. But, but the one who takes the cake is Rosie Ruaz. What's up? What's up? What's up? Told you, bikers coming by any moment. Rosie Ruaz, though, she won the Boston Marathon in record time world record time. The reason she did, because she took the city tram and got off a half mile before the finish line. And that's how she won the Boston Marathon. You know, I think right now in the middle of this pandemic, a lot of people have been treating this like a sprint rather than a marathon. And we've gotten here to the first weekend of May and we're wore out, we're tired, we're stressed, and we're wondering, oh my goodness, are we ever going to get back to normal? Maybe that's you. And maybe it's not, you know, this can happen to us, not just in a pandemic, but it can happen in a, in a crisis or a setback or a hardship that you face in your life and a struggle. You think, man, wait, I, I thought I'd be through this by now. And the temptation is to take a shortcut. And, and but here's what we got to watch out. When you take a shortcut, you can shortcut what God wants to do in your life. That's what this series is about. It's called Quarantine. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at people in the Bible who self-quarantined or were pushed into a quarantine. And it was in those seasons that God wanted them to slow down. It's where God wanted to speak to them. And I believe that God wants to speak to you and I right now, but we've got to slow down and we've got to process. I'd like for you to write this, this down because here's, here's where we're going today. The desert prepares me for destiny. The desert prepares me for destiny. We're going to be looking at the life of Jesus, and right before he launched into his ministry, right before he launched into his destiny, he went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, and it prepared him for his destiny. But when he was in the desert, the devil came to him and tempted him. But when the devil came to him and tempted him, what Jesus gave us were three tools that are going to help us to be prepared for our destiny in the middle of the desert. In Matthew's Gospel, uh, in chapter 4, and verse 3, he says this, During that time, the devil came to Jesus. Listen, the enemy is always going to come to you in the middle of your desert. Get ready, because he is a coming. Like, turn to somebody and tell him, he is a coming. You can count on it. He will be there. And the devil said this to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, why don't you tell these stones to become loaves of bread? 
This is exactly what the enemy does to you and I. He says, you know what? If he was really God, he would turn your situation around. He would turn your finances around. He, he would turn your career around. He would turn this pandemic around. He would turn that, your finances and your relationships. He would just, he would turn it around if he was God. And here's the thing, Jesus could have easily turned the stones to bread. He had the power, he had the authority, but that wasn't the point of the desert. Remember, the desert prepares me for my destiny. Jesus was being prepared for his destiny and he knew that. He was there to fast and to pray. So here's the thing, God could easily flip the switch on your situation. He has the power, he has the authority. And it's not that he doesn't care, it's just there's something bigger that he wants to do. Look at verse four, Jesus answers with an old scripture from the Old Testament, way back in Deuteronomy chapter eight, Jesus answers him with this. He says, no, the scriptures say, Deuteronomy chapter eight, people do not live by bread alone, but by, and say this with me, every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know what happens in a crisis? In a crisis, our prayers go immediately, immediately to uh, release and relief. I, I just want some relief. I just want some release from this. I, I just need out of this. Like right now, all of us right now are literally praying, God, would you turn this stone to a loaf of bread, maybe two loaves of bread? I can't find bread at any store. And if it doesn't, please, if you could, just make sure it doesn't have those crazy nuts and seeds in it, because that's not the kind of bread I like. And God could easily do that. We immediately go to relief and release. But what Jesus does is he flips that mindset on, his, on its head and he tells us the most important thing to feed is your soul. Now, I've been bragging during this pandemic, like I'm eating like nobody else and I am not afraid to or ashamed to admit it. I, I wear the badge proudly. Aunt Mary is staying with me right now and, and Aunt Mary is always our Thanksgiving cook. It's like Thanksgiving every meal. Like just the other day, this week, I had, I had pork ribs with homemade potato salad. Did you hear me on this? Homemade people, homemade, not potato salad, potato salad. I am eating like a champion all the time. But here's what happens to us when we get into the desert. In a crisis, we often feed everything but our soul. Don't starve your soul. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, don't starve your soul. And here's, here's the first thing I want you to write down. The first tool that Jesus gives us in the desert is this, and it's kind of crazy, but I want you to write it down. I think you'll remember it. Wolf down the word in the wilderness. Oh, now I am preaching all the way out here in this wilderness. Wolf down the word in the wilderness. Like what Jesus says is this, the way we feed our soul, listen to the words of Jesus, is by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God. These are the words of God, not just the word of God. It's the words of God. And when you feed your soul on the word, you find encouragement, you find inspiration, you find hope, you find the healing, you find direction, you find guidance, you find comfort, you find free, you find it all here in the word. Man, wolf down the word in the wilderness because God wants to prepare you in the desert for your destiny. That's the first tool. Next, we're gonna look how Jesus was taken up on the temple. 
and while the devil tempted him there. Verse 5 tells us this, Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point on the, on the temple. So he took him up on the roof of the church, which is uh, where I am right now. I've always wanted to get up on this roof. I've never been up on this roof in all the years that we've been here. I am now up on the roof. And, and it says this, He said to Jesus these words, If you are the Son of God, jump off. <laughs> Wait, what? There ain't no trampoline down there. There, there ain't no airbag down there. That is, that's just foolishness. That, that brings us to the, the second tool that I think Jesus gives us in the desert to prepare us for our destiny. I want you to write this down. Walk in wisdom in the wilderness. Walk in wisdom in the wilderness. Here's what the devil did. He quoted scripture, smart, truth but he twisted it a little bit. See, what he quoted was Psalm 91, and Psalm 91, it basically says that, hey, he'll give his angels charge, and he will protect you, and a stone won't, won't, won't hurt you. Half-truth. This is what the devil always does. Whenever he comes to us, he always comes to us with a lie that's a half-truth. We can almost believe it. It's a truth with a, with a twist. Like, you know, he'll come to you and he'll say, you know, you don't deserve to be treated like that. You should, just, you should just walk out, or you should just let him have it. That's a, that's a half-truth. Or he'll tell you this, hey, you know what? You got a lot of pressure on you right now, a lot of stress. It's just one time. It's one click. It's one drink. It'll take the edge off. What is that? That's a, that's a half-truth. Or maybe you're going to step out into your destiny, and he'll say, hey, hang on. <laughs> you might fail. Or there's a relationship, that a new relationship, and you, you, he says, hey, don't, don't do that, you could get hurt. It's a, it's a half-truth. He always comes to us with half-truths. And this is what the enemy will always try to get you to do, just like he did with Jesus. He's going to try to get you to jump. He's going to try to get you to do something that you will later regret. Listen to how Jesus responded. Again, he goes to the Scriptures. He goes to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and he says this. The Scriptures say, you must not test the Lord your God. How many times do we put God to the test and we just jump? Like we just do something radical, something crazy. We haven't thought about it. We haven't prayed about it. We haven't spent any time talking to anybody about it. We just jump and we wonder why, why God doesn't catch us. Look at this. Jesus didn't jump. Jesus walked. He, the purpose of being in the desert wasn't for him to jump to his destiny. It was to walk to his destiny. Walk 40 days and 40 nights. Walk 40 steps through the wilderness. I mean, are you willing to walk one more step in your desert so God can speak to you? You know, in a, in a marathon, and as I said earlier, I, I should say I've never run a marathon, but they have these checkpoints, uh, so I've been told. And at many of the checkpoints in many marathons, there, you, can, you can store food, you can have protein bars, you can have water, or you can uh, store supplies and things that you need. And, and I think wisdom is like that. We need wisdom checkpoints. And I want to give you three of them. I'm giving to you quick, and I want you to write these down. Preaching, prayer, and people. Preaching, prayer, and people. Right now, what we are all doing is we are looking at the Word and you are receiving wisdom from God right now. You need prayer. Have you, have you stopped in the middle of your desert? You gotta stop. You gotta pray. You gotta ask God and then you gotta listen and you need people. 
Like I love right now that we've started these Zoom groups because you can get around godly friendships. You get around the right people. Are the right people speaking into your life? That's the second tool. I need wisdom in the wilderness. So next, the devil took Jesus up on a mountain and he showed him the kingdoms of the world. So now we come to verse 9 where the devil has taken Jesus up on a high mountain and he's shown him the kingdoms of the world. And he says this, I will give it all to you if you will just kneel down and worship me. Just think about how ridiculous that statement is. Yes, the devil is the prince of this world, but he's talking to the king of kings. But this is exactly what the world promises for you and I. Hey, you can have it all. You can have it all if you'll just buy this, if you'll, if you'll just do this, if you'll just, if you'll just go here, you, you, can, you can have it all. And, and this is where we come to, I think, the third tool that prepares us in the desert for our destiny. Write this down. Watch your worship in the wilderness. Watch your worship in the wilderness. So let me ask you this. Where, where do you find your, your value? Where do you find your worth? Where do you find your security? Where do you find your identity? Because wherever you find those things, you will find your worship. That's where you'll find your worship. And right now, I mean, come on, we're all discovering these things that we thought were essential in our lives are really non-essential. We don't really need them. Like, come on, ladies, like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go to get my nails done. I gotta get my nails done. You know, and you're so excited. Woo, this weekend. And come on, you didn't. It's not really essential. I mean, sorry, that was bad. I didn't mean to. Anyways, guys, guys, you're like, yeah, man, oh, the gyms. Finally, the gyms are going to open up. Man, I can't wait to go to the gym. But I mean, that, is that really essential? Or man, I can't wait for my kids to get out of the house and finally get back out on the ball field or the, or the soccer field and use sports kicks back up. But, but the truth is, is none of those things are, are essential. Do, they're they're non-essential. Are they bad? No, they're they're actually really, really good things, but they were never meant to be the place that we find our value, our worth, our security, and our identity. Like, come on, I can't wait to do all of those things. Well, maybe not get my nails done, but I, I, I can't wait to finally go see Wit at Indian Springs Barbershop and get my hair cut. I can't wait to get back to the gym and play some ball with, with the guys. I can't wait till youth sports starts back up so I can coach again. But I don't want to find my identity in that. I don't want to find my worth in that. I, I don't want to find my value in that. Here's what Jesus says in verse 10. You must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What's Jesus saying? hey, come to me. Find your value, find your worth, your security and your identity in me. Worship me. Why would Jesus say that? Because he is unchanging. You want to talk about essential. And he is where we can go to find hope, where we can find healing, where we can find peace, and we can find purpose. Don't shortcut your destiny. Don't shortcut your destiny. Remember this, the desert prepares me for my destiny. God has purposes and he has plans and he has hopes and dreams for you. If you will just slow down, process, and work through it with him. So now we're going to move into a time of communion. And I just want to encourage you right now to get your uh, communion together. If, again, if you don't have the cup, if you don't have the juice, that, that's okay. Just use bread and any, any bread is, is fine right now. The important thing is that, that our heart is in the right place and that we come to receive from the Lord 
right now. And if you're in a Zoom group, I just encourage you to get around where your Zoom group can see you so we can see each other receiving communion together. You know, the communion, if you're new to church, communion is this time where we remember it's about Jesus. Because the bread, it represents the, the body of Christ that died a human death, resurrected again on the third day. And the cup, it represents the blood of Jesus shed for the forgiveness of sins. So as you come to the table, what is it you need to receive from Jesus today? Maybe you're in a desert and you're just dry and you're wondering, when am I going to ever get out of this? I want you to come to the table today and I want you to receive hope from him, maybe healing from him, maybe peace from him. Or, or maybe, maybe today you're just like, I could use some wisdom. Come to the table, receive wisdom from God. Or maybe you just admit, Brad, he's... Uh, He's not been number one in my life. He's not, I've been worshiping other things. I didn't even know it. Today is a day you can lay those things down. Today is a day you can come to the table and say, you know what, Jesus, you're number one. You're gonna be the focus of my worship. And maybe today you're far from God. You're not a follower of Jesus. And you're like, man, I would love to be a follower of Jesus. It's as simple as just crying out to God and say, forgive me. God, come into my life. Own me, lead me. And what he says in that moment, his grace and his mercy is poured out upon you and you become a child of God. So I want you to come to the table today and receive the grace and mercy of God. So however you're going to receive the elements, I'm gonna take the bread and I'm gonna dip it in, into the cup. You can receive the bread and then you can drink from the cup. However you're doing that, wherever you are, let's receive now. God, we thank you for this time of Holy Communion to just stop for a moment and remember it's all about you. All praise and all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thanks for being here today. Uh, one of the things we like to do at the end of all of our services is say ascending prayer together. And uh, whether you're in your Zoom group or in your home or department, let's just say this together. God, fill me with love and give me boldness to share the hope, healing, peace, and purpose that I found in Jesus. Lead me to the hurting, the hopeless, the lonely, and the discouraged. This week, I declare that I am available and willing to be used for your glory and honor. Amen. Hey, remember, at the core of who we are is loving God and loving people.